Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ask Key Anything presented by Mosier Consulting. I'm your host, Angel Leon, Mosier's HR advisor. Today's episode continues a series of conversations between Sean McAdams and Warren Seifert, two of Mosier's top data analytics experts. Sean is Mosier's vice president of data analytics, and Warren is the director of strategy within our data analytics group. In this week's episode, they're talking about the mindset companies should operate under when implementing a data analytics strategy. They're building off of their previous conversations. So this is a special episode where they continue developing the data analytics world and how you could apply it to your business. Without further ado, here are Sean McAdams and Warren Seifrey. Thanks, Angel. All right, Warren, we're in podcast number three, talking about data and analytics strategy. Uh, for those that just came in, just tuning in on this one, what did we cover in the first podcast? Well, the first podcast, we talked about our definition of data analytics strategy and kind of what, what it encompasses, right? What are the different pillars and what do organizations usually get right and what are the pieces they just tend to miss or tend to overlook? And we kind of came up with this people, process, technology, and data that ultimately drives your data analytics strategy towards your insights, action, and business value leading from your business strategy, right? Someone upstairs says, we're going to do this and everything we're doing needs to yield some results. And this is how we get there. This is kind of what we covered in the first podcast, is what are these pillars? Yeah, and then we looked at it and we said, all right, what should we kind of dive deeper into? Which are the four pillars, people, process, data, and tech? Which one causes most issues? Or we see most gaps uh, with, and which one was that? Uh, the one we picked was uh, process, process. And, and we didn't necessarily pick it because, hey, it's our favorite. It's because it's the one everyone tends to overlook. It's yeah. the biggest gap. So we thought we'd start there, and that's kind of where, where we're going. Yep, so we did the uh, second podcast, and we were kind of taking a um, macro-level look at process, and we were specifically talking about the delivery channels. How do we deliver data and analytics products, what were those delivery channels? Well, the delivery channels are your insights, engineering, and platforms. And basically, we kind of talked a little bit about what those are. Insights is traditionally your presentation layer development, your report teams, your self-service business units, that kind of piece. Then you've got your engineering, which kind of touches on the data engineering side, data acquisitions, trying to get your data shaped for the insights team to be able to leverage. And then we have the platforms team, which is Basically, hey, we need a tool that does this, but doesn't exist. It's their job to kind of figure out which is the best play for the organization and the goals they're trying to achieve to apply it, which then engineering can use to deliver the data for the insights team to do their piece. All right, and today we're gonna go a little bit deeper and we're gonna talk about the mindset that we would like people to operate under, and then we're gonna apply it to these delivery channels. Yeah. Right, and so we, we do that obviously through process. So uh, came to Mojo in 2015, one of the first things I did was create how we were going to deliver our services. And so this really predated those delivery channels of insights, engineering, and platforms. Being new to consultant life, I just wanted a paradigm under which if I was gonna connect with a client and in particular, we were going to work on building data architectures for analytic workloads. How do we go about doing that? Mm -hmm. Right? What approach are we going to follow with that end result? And now we apply it to a number of things. But the approach is simply uncover, envision, design, build, and manage. Now, before we go into those things, 
in 20, let's see, 2016 to 2020, we followed that explicitly. We're making modifications that to this year and we'll go through some of that. But we also have implemented similar processes based on this foundation for clients. So what I wanna do as we go through this is talk about each section, each step, what we wanna accomplish in that, the reason for that step. We'll also talk about the new vocabulary, if you will, so that way if somebody connects with Mosier, you know, in, in 2021 or in the future, you know, they may say, well, Uncover, you don't talk to us about Uncover, you know, because we have some language differences now. Mm-hmm. But then also, uh, we use at least one client and their application of this. So regardless of what vocabulary is tied to that particular step, we just want to be explicit about the types of activities we would want to do. We just want to make sure that everything is taken into account, right? Whether mm-hmm. you call it uncover, whether you call it discover, whether you call it whatever term, synonym you wish to use, or whatever you need to sell internally to your organization mm-hmm. to get buy-in to this mindset, we just want to ensure that at a minimum, these things are taken into account and that there's recognition in the value that this brings and if there's going to be an omission or any kind of blending of this, it is a conscious decision. It is not something done through ignorance or I didn't know or this is the way we've always done it versus, hey, you've been educated. Now you're making the best decision for your organization, which may or may not follow this. There's high recommendations to follow this, but, you know, you, you all make your own call. Yeah. And going back to the first podcast, we talked about technical and non-technical influences mm-hmm. to all the things that kind of got us to how we help organizations now with defining and delivering the data analytics strategy. And one of the non-technical influences was starts with why, right? Companies sometimes, uh, they know what they do, the product they produce. They may even know how they produce that, but they don't always understand why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. So this is influenced by that And that's explicitly why we've broken down sort of our discovery services into three steps, uncover, envision, design. We want to answer the why, the how, the what questions. All right, so let's take a look at uncover. So when I originally created uncover, you could even go back and probably pull some old uh, collateral. It talked about uncovering the DNA of an organization. We wanted to know the technical makeup of an organization, but also the business strategy of the organization. And we are being specific to the delivery of data and analytic products. So when I say technical makeup, I'm talking about where's all the data, mm-hmm. right? What, where does it exist? What technologies does it exist in? And then how do they want to use it, right? We want to know what type of business value they want to get uh, out of their data. We want to know how they look at it. Is it currently viewed as an asset? Is it not? All of those things we're just trying to trying to learn. So, in your experience working with organizations, let's talk, a manufacturing organization on the West Coast. Let's talk. Obviously, we won't talk about them, but let's use them as an example because you applied this to them, and they used a different term, but they still accomplished the same things. Yeah. So the the uncover phase, it's with this organization that the biggest thing was. Is, they needed to mature their data, their, their, their data strategy overall, right? They've got a process. They've been able to uh, accomplish certain goals. 
They were able to meet business units in the middle with regards to, hey, you need this, but we need this. We're trying to get this done. And they realized that over time it started mounting up and started becoming this really challenging environment to to manage and orchestrate, right? So their their goal was to revamp their data strategy, their data environment, how they serve data to the business, how data was uh, received from the business and collected and ingested, right? So part of what we needed to understand is what is your line of business and what is important to each of these business units that are gonna be participating in this solution that we're coming up with, right? Yeah. We're not just building some, hey, someone wants data, let's build a data warehouse, there you go, right? Oh, you need a date dimension, there you go. But why do we need it? What's driving it, right? The uncover phase, I kind of, uh, I, I like to use the, the, the analogy, it, it is our justifications to why we are making the decisions we're making, mm-hmm. which means we need to understand as much about what is currently working for these business units what are things they wish they had today or yesterday? And if they had unlimited budget, what does that three to five year plan look like for that particular business unit? What is their wish list? Because it's going to be a combination of all those things that's ultimately going to drive what this uncover, this justification piece for everything else we're doing is going to drive. Yeah, I love the word justification there because if I was to apply, if we were to look at that organization, I think they called this initiate because they had this architectural review board that took place right after um, that step. So we would have called that uncover. We work with them and say, hey, here are the types of questions you want to answer to really understand the why, the business value, so that when you go to that architectural review board, which is in place because they just don't want to have people doing things that ultimately aren't going to provide value for the business, that they can make good judgments on that. So we called it uncover and we'll apply this, you know, later to the delivery um, channels and we'll, we'll do a sample, like an example Mm -hmm. of how to do it. So I think that's an easy one for people to understand um, because most requirement type of processes try to try to get to that yeah they have something like this yeah so uh step two envision uh, exact opposite like i think it's the one that most organizations uh, don't do because they're not explicit about it they either think they do it in step one uncover or maybe in design but we've explicitly said no let's stop let's call it something let's force people to do it i love it um a lot of technologists Hate it. I think this is the biggest one that they struggle with. Not only our clients and getting them to understand it or their resources, but even ourselves, even our own consultants. I mean, we're bringing in new people into Mosher to deliver data and analytic products, and they don't think in this way, shape, or form. So, what is Envision? You know, I know we're answering the how question, but in in your words, what is it, and what's the importance of it? Envision is, is is what I like to call the the, the breaks, right? Mm-hmm. Because to your point, people once they get the requirements, they just want to start building. Yeah. I know technology. I got this data. I'm just going to start building, and they don't bother to stop and slow down. And this is why I kind of view this as as something that's almost the breaks, right? Let's stop and think about everything that we've uncovered. Mm-hmm. Let's come up with two or three different solutions sur- around the technology that either is currently available the skill set of the individuals that we have, 
the obviously the uncovered requirements that we have and then what is the potential drive and what is the direction the organization is going in that allows us to take into account future technology or technology that may not be fully uh, embraced by the organization yet and come up with solutions that give two or three options that say hey you know what here's the fastest cheapest not the best it's a band-aid yeah right and this one's the best, the most expensive, the most this and that. And then something in the middle. And what's going to happen is that with that presentation, organizations will, will kind of figure out what's the best blend of those two or three options and come up with the best solution based on where that organization is within their data analytics strategy journey, what's their appetite for the cost, the skills that they have. And they're going to make the best decision for them at that moment. With a recognition that what we uncovered of where the business units or where the organization needs to head three or five years from now, those decisions are taken into taking that into account as well. So it's not like, hey, this is what we need today. We're building it today. There's Excel. Have a good day. Yeah. Right? No, we're going to use Excel with the expectation that we migrate to something else over time as we acquire. And there's a path to that. You know. Yeah, I think, and the other another thing I think that's important is. Most people that I talk to, I think the objection I usually get with this step of uncover is, oh, we do it in design. You know, we get all of the requirements, and that's the first step of design. We're throwing stuff at the wall. We're trying to figure out what it is. And I appreciate that. I, I get it. But when you deliver data and analytic products, to me, there's also this then separation within design that once you have all these ideas, you're communicating or should be with the end user to have some acceptance criteria before you then get into what I call the true design. So if I was building a house and I was talking to someone about their lifestyle and, and how we're going to design something around them, who they are, how many people live there, all these things within a cover. And then I went to envision you know, I'd be giving them some mock drawings. We'd be talking about, hey, how you like this? We ultimately get to some version of acceptance criteria. And then I got to make blueprints that's going to tell somebody how to build this thing. And I look at that as design. Yeah. And the importance of taking how and separating it out is to get to acceptance criteria, to get to a definition of done. And that's going to be important on all of these delivery channels. And I, when we get to the sample, particularly at Insights, I think then it will register. So for listeners who maybe don't quite appreciate what we're talking about here, I think when we get to the example, maybe it'll hit home then. So we, we know why with Uncover. We have how with Envision. Now we get into design, which is what. What do we have to do to implement the thing that everybody just agreed to? works yep. for delivering um, this set this product. And that's something most organizations are pretty skilled at, right? Yeah. They've been building, they've been working projects, they've been doing these things immediately, but it's it, like I said, it's putting the brakes on, getting that com that that acceptance by everybody that allows the design to be stable, right? Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that tends to happen with the design phase with organizations is that they come up with a design, but because they didn't do a full discovery of the uncover and they didn't have full communication with the business stakeholders or the end users that are going to be consuming this as to how this is going to happen, right? 
we get to design and then you start having this iteration of can we change the color can we change the label can we rebrand this can we add new buckets new bins can we calculate this table can we change right it start having a lot of iterations because we didn't take that so by the time we get the design it should be a pretty pretty quick for the most part right it's pretty straightforward we understand what we're achieving now it's just technical challenges that we have to hurdle through in the design phase and that's where you know ultimately we end up with our plan that build says okay we're going to build this design simple as that right build should be the the most straightforward of them all yeah because you should not be playing a lot of audibles there there's i mean i don't believe the design has to be so um inflexible that if you go back to the example of building a house, we're not going to allow you to use a different color in the room. Or, a, you know, you get to build, there is this iterative feedback between what you're doing, particularly at the insights level mm-hmm. for us, and the person consuming it, you know, by doing testing and things like that. So I don't think you have to be so rigid within design, but what you do need to be able to do in design is that you have communicated, particularly this is where you see this crossover from business to tech technology. You have communicated to a technologist that's going to ultimately create this thing, everything that they need in order to do that. Yeah. So those were the first three. And uh, then you get into build. Um, I think that's fairly self-explanatory. Now, um, we we'll, we took a influence that said, hey, let's boil things down to the lowest common denominator. So the reason why here we just said build, it wasn't that we didn't recognize that a lot of activities have to happen within the development, right? That you would have to do testing or you may have some system development lifecycle. But we wanted to just identify, hey, there's a set of activities that have to take place for you to create the thing mm-hmm. that you just designed. And then um, we added on manage, which I don't see in a lot of application development life cycles. I, I see them do requirement gathering and design. I see them do development and um, presenting that, and then I and then I see it going right back in it. And so a lot of times within those iterative processes, they've left out the fact that you've created something that you have to take care of. You also have to let people know about it. Right, so for us, manage is where we're doing um, the finalization of the documentation, the collateral that has been created through the process for the sake of educating the people have to take care of it and the people have to use it. Yeah. Right. So that's why manage uh, exists. If I go back to um, the manufacturing company that you were working with, they had similar steps. Obviously, in build, they call it something else, and they had multiple layers of testing because yeah. they're a manufacturing company. And correct me if I'm wrong, I, I believe that they had made the company stance that we are going to build products using this paradigm. It didn't matter if it was the physical things that they were manufacturing or if it was data products. Mm-hmm. They were going to apply the same process, and I, I respect that. So within their build, they did development, they did multiple layers um, of testing. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, depending on the line of business you're in, you may have uh, sub-tasks or sub-activities in each of these. And in manufacturing, right, you're always dealing with quality control, you're always dealing with 
uh, a variety of things, specification, you know, menu, making sure you're within those specs and, and all these different things that go into the construction of something, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and in this particular uh, example, this organization chose to employ some of that language into their data development pipelines, right? So when they actually construct a, have a project and they go through the uncover and vision design phase, when they start building, right, they start using these terms because it's very familiar. It is mm -hmm. something they can track. They've got systems that can manage it and they have uh, re just reports in the mindset that is already adapted to that and they understand that. And this goes back to something we mentioned at the beginning that what we're kind of talking about here is more of a mindset that we want to set. How you choose to articulate that mindset, how you choose to label it, and how you choose to evangelize it is up to the organization how it makes sense for them to get the best results for, from this, right? But being aware, taking account, not omitting these pieces, or recognizing that you are and understanding the risks and the challenges you're going to introduce and potentially face downstream is is going to be there, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, a couple, I think, lessons learned from this, uh, which caused us to make some adjustments to it for 2020, wasn't that these things don't work, right? I think the biggest pushback, if I could even say we got any pushback, would have been in step two, because most people were used to paradigms under which they gathered requirements, they figured out what they were going to build. They built it, and then they documented how to take care of it. I think that seems logical. That makes sense. Uh, the how part, you know, applying that start with why mm -hmm. uh, mentality and actually doing how was the the one that we had the largest hurdle of getting people to understand. Because you're right, most people, when they connect with somebody who has a particular question that they need answers to, we immediately start thinking about all the data we need to satisfy that. Like we immediately go into that and we don't think about how to communicate that answer to them. So I, I know we'll go to that in the example, but of the lessons I think we learned from this and the reason to make changes was um, one, to break down build a little bit and recognize that there are influences that are taking place within the industry um, for, you know, development and deployment or continuous in a, in a development, continuous improvement. Separation of duties, right? Yeah. A lot of those concepts that, that have been adapted over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And we just want, and, and that's one of the things that comes up. Okay, where does deploy happen? Does that yeah. happen in manage? Does it happen in build? Yeah. And what are the steps and how do we account for all of those pieces? So I think that led us to the organic modification of this for our our going forward plan of including that as as a as a separate step. Yeah, what because it's what's the lowest level of things you need to do and where are those dependencies, right? So living this out for five years, you know, that was one of the things that we seen organizations have challenge with, right? So recognizing that dependency and then recognizing the dependency between the development or of what you're going to do right and the people that it was actually doing it so we separate that um that out and then we just let marketing do what they do well right um because 
you know, 2015, Sean came up with these words, which meant something to Sean and had no marketing influence in it whatsoever, really. And so how can we really communicate this a little bit better? So we'll hit this real quick for, for 2021 uh, moving forward. We've taken those five steps. We have split apart build, right? And then we created two phases to now separate these six steps into three and three. So the very first phase is called discovery and we call it discover, dream, and design. Same thing, uncover, envision, design, discover, dream, design. Uh, we're using D words. Maybe that's because we're in data, I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe. But we're doing the exact same thing there, right? Another way we apply this is in, because we're a, IT consulting company, this is where also how we deliver our consultancy services. Exactly. Right? So if we're going to go in and we're going to work with an organization uh, on strategy, on creating architectures for the analytic workloads, IT maturity, all of these things, we're answering these, you know, why, how, what questions. And so that discovery ties into our consultancy services. Next phase we have is... Well, you got to develop, you deploy, and drive, which is ultimately your build and manage, which is your professional service, right? That's hands-on yeah. keyboard. That is where we're either uh, building it for you, we're injected with your team to provide guidance, helping hand, increase velocity, or we're in there in the trenches with your team or as a coach, right, to help make sure that the right decisions are being made and that your team has the ability to bounce ideas off of, especially if the technology or the technique or the architecture is new, Right? We're able to do that, but having that, that separation, and this is something a lot of firms have had, right? Their professional services, which is your hands-on keyboard, your consultancy services, we're kind of applying that to this delivery method and this ideology that we have and making sure that we have that. And one of the things we strive for is, you know, most if not all engagements that we engage in, we kind of require a little bit of that uh, discovery services to happen, right? Even if it's just a couple hours of let's confirm what we got, let's make sure we're on the same page. But if not, we're going to we're gonna spend some time to understand why we're asking us to deliver this. Well, that goes thing. back to our sort of values as a company and doing the right thing for our customers. Exactly. Exactly. So if you talk to us, us um, you know, post this podcast or something and you see the language has somewhat changed from Uncovered Envision Design, um, we just kind of want to throw that out there. And we want to point to, hey, what did we learn over the last five years? Why are we making some adjustments? It's not that those things didn't work. They've worked well for, for five years. Um, it's that we identify areas of growth and now we sort of attack it this way, which better aligns with uh, how we do all of our services really within mm -hmm. data and analytics. All right, now, if we have this approach and we have these delivery channels, so we have insights engineering platforms and we say, hey, we gotta follow this approach, you know, we're gonna go back and just talk uncover and vision design approach. That has to be applied in all of these delivery channels, right? So anyone doing work within insights need to follow it. Anyone that's doing work with engineering, anyone doing work in platforms, they all need to follow these, these things. And there are dependencies that exist at some point in these steps on those delivery channels. So let's walk through an example of what that would look like. And let's just start with 
I'm a leader within an organization. I'm coming to you and said, you know, Warren, I need answers to these questions. So basically you want to report. I want to report. All right. We'll get to report then. Um, so this would be the insights delivery channel path. And what would traditionally happen, someone would come and say, hey, we need a report. We need a dashboard. We need fill in the blank. But something that is around the idea of converting data to information so they can make mm-hmm. decisions, right? Yep. So we go through the uncover phase. Why do you need it? What are the answers you're looking for? Why are you... Uh, requiring it to be a particular way. Right? What are you going to do with it? Exactly. Yes. What, what, what decisions <laughs> you're making out of this, yeah. right? So once we understand that uncover piece, that then gives us the opportunity to go through Envision. Basically, what we start saying is, look, based on what you said, you're going to need these information categories, right? You're going to need information about a customer, information about a product, information about a process. Um, you're probably going to want to see it this way. So mm-hmm. we start playing with some wireframes, yeah. maybe bring out some templates that we have or mm-hmm. make some on the fly, right? You know, some tools are faster than others at being able to mock things up real quick yeah. to get that idea of how we're going to deliver this information, this data and information to these individuals so they can do it. And that's the important part. When I said earlier, hey, we're going to apply an example, I think that's the one I want to pause on mm-hmm. because that's the one that's overlooked. And you're talking the very first interaction with the customer. You know, we know we're going to have dependencies on tech in the platform. We know we got to get data into the environment through engineering. But immediately within these conversations, you understand the business value through Uncover that, that they want. Do not um, go to think about, well, what data do I need? And I mean, I've had... I've had situations where I've done this exact same thing. I've asked someone for something. And then when I'm presented back the results of it, I get a, like a Power BI report with 10 tabs, 10 different ways to look at it. Because there's, I, don't, I wasn't sure if you wanted to see it like this or if you want to see it like that or if you want to interact with it like this or you want to. They didn't go through the envision stage they didn't go through how do we need to communicate that answer yeah. to this audience it saves work yeah it it saves iteration that allows us to establish the the, the major aspects of the acceptance criteria mm-hmm. so that we can say this is done right mm-hmm. because what will then happen is once we have the wireframes once we understand the data categories that we're going to need now we can go and where exactly am i going to get this customer information it's coming from an sap system or crm system yeah. right now we're going to get this this comes from this system or this data warehouse or this data mart or this table right now in the design phase is where we start locating physically where this data lives right before that, in the envision phase, we're not talking about where it lives, we're talking about what you need. Yeah. Because if we determine in the design phase that you need this type of data to do this report and it's discovered that it doesn't exist yet, mm-hmm. right? that leads us to the branching of our delivery channels and that kicks in the engineering delivery channel. Yeah, we've also seen in witness, witness clients who have skipped envision and they've went on year-long projects yes. based upon some directive of leadership. There was no communication of how this thing was going to be delivered to them. So they went on year-long projects in order to swing back around to the customer. And the customer then looks at the product that was created for them as, and is, you know, 
what unsatisfied. The yeah, they're they're questioning. I had some choice words in my head. I was going to say <laughs> at that point, and I paused. But I mean, because that's a level of frustration that they have. You, you and I both talk about visualizations and why they exist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, people consume data. They they then take some type of action on those. But there's an emotion. That oh, yeah. you should get out of looking at any type of visualization, right? You're either going to be super ecstatic because things are going well and you're happy at what you're seeing, or you're going to be pissed off. Yeah. Right? It, it, and if you don't get one of those two emotions you're from a vision... Wrong, you're looking at the raw data. It, yes. It's not, it's it's not, not the important. right stuff for you, right? That's right. And, and this is, this, this is the, the piece, right? You can have the same data presented differently to different levels of the organization and all of them have that emotional response and then you can take the reports that each of them have that makes them move and switch them around amongst business units and they're like this doesn't mean anything to me yeah and it's amazing it's the same data yeah but because of that presentation because of that envision and the design that we have it allows it to go through you want to increase data literacy in an organization mm-hmm. you want to uh have the ability to be influenced by human-centered design, which is a big word in application development. You have to do this in vision phase. That's the only place to integrate those things. And the reason why I say you have to do this for data literacy is because that's the place where you can have some templates to the types and ways you're gonna communicate similar needs to the organization. Right? Hey, green, yellow, red, they mean something. Right? So having that influence within how you communicate is going to be super important in, in, uh, in Envision. You, you said it, you go to design, all you're really doing is saying what activities needs to be completed by an engineer in order to produce this design. And at the insights level also, what data do you need to satisfy it? Not where it comes from. Right? Not what systems it comes from, not how to do your business roles or anything like that. Like if you as a BI developer could just picture in your mind the object that you need, if I was to give it to you and it would satisfy every piece of the the report or whatever you're going to design, what does that look like? Yeah. I, I reference that as a data endpoint, but that needs to be included in design. Now, most likely that doesn't exist for you to do the build. And this is that first dependency, mm-hmm. right? First yep. dependency would be between design and build from insights, knowing that you have a dependency for data in order to produce that. So that would get passed down into this insights delivery channel, right? Insights or, that, that, or engineering. engineering. Yeah, right. Engineering delivery channel. And engineering would say, well, why do you need this? In the example, you said you're creating a report for me. So maybe you're doing that like through Power BI. Yep. It's usually going to get serviced out through some type of a SQL mechanism as the interface, the delivery mechanism could, to Power could, BI. Could be. Um, so how do we follow our engineering stages, which we're going to get to later in a, in a future deep dive with, with uh, data particularly? Mm-hmm. How do I follow those? That's what I would be doing in, in Vision. Yep. And then in design, it would be, what do I have to do to create that thing needed that by this object, organization? That view, that table, that ing- whatever it needs to happen to get that data point that the insights channel stated for this particular ask, mm-hmm. it was missing or is needed. Engineering would then look at how and where do I get it, yep. right? Why do you need it? 
what is the mechanism that I can use? What exactly are, do we need to deliver? And then can we do that, right? Mm -hmm. And then let's go down the path of, oh my gosh, we're now pulling data or we need to get something from an environment that we've never connected before yep. or we've never interfaced before. And we don't have the tools available or the frameworks or the mechanism that's been certified by business, by mm -hmm. compliance, by InfoSec, by all these different yep. members in the organization, right? That says this is a viable means of getting this information. Another dependency between design and engineering and their ability to build it, which could also exist um, at the insights level mm -hmm. if the determination on how to communicate something exceeds the functionality. Let's say you don't have, have a dashboard tool. Yeah, Let's say you, you're, dealing big with, one. you're dealing with paginated reports and <laughs> yeah. I want interactive dashboards. We yeah. don't have that. Well, guess what? Platforms. That will go straight to platforms, yeah. right? And platforms is going to go through the same thing. Why do you need this functionality? Yep. Right? And then how do we introduce that functionality into this environment? Because there's a plethora of tools available. It's exactly, how do we envision this working, right? Are you a Microsoft shop? Are you uh, uh, an open source shop, right? Mm -hmm. What are the tools available? What's the appetite? What's the skill set? What's the people that you have, mm -hmm. right? That will allow you to, to make this decision and come up with these options in this envisioned phase, mm -hmm. right? Which then ultimately leads, once, that, once that's discussed and determined, you start working on a design that says, okay, Hey, we're going to use open source. How do we're you going to do this? It? We're going to do that. All right, yep. let's do a design of how we envision this is going to be, mm -hmm. and then we can they can start building it. Right, yep. doing the you know doing the acquisitions, doing any AD integrations and any of the security stuff, and then eventually that bubbles back up to engineering. This is hey guys, uh, your tool is ready for you to work with. Here's how you interact with it. Here's everything else, which is the manage phase. Right. Here's the education. Here's the keys to be able to drive this yourself, right? Do your thing. And then they can start building and continue that. Take it in and continues to bubble up. Yeah, and here's the power in, in all of this is that this could be one person who's multidisciplined and can do all this work, right? This could be Warren, right? Warren can do work in platforms, engineering, insights. But if Warren's mindset still follows this, then I think there's a higher level of maturity, higher level of quality that you're ultimately going to produce in that final product. But there's also flexibility within this approach and these delivery channels to scale to really any organization at any size. It doesn't matter how big the platform team has to be or how many engineering teams that you have to have or how many insights teams. We talked about that in yeah. the last uh, podcast. And so that's the power in this approach is it tells you, here's how to deliver these products take this foundation build upon it and what this also introduces is a level of transparency right if you have a means a system to track these different phases of work in the different channels you can very quickly look okay they're in envision on this they're in design on this they're waiting for engineering to do something with this mm -hmm. there isn't this thing where everyone has to come up with a status email here's where everything's at if you've got an electronic system to track the stages and you mimic some of these delivery channel and some of these mindset paradigms in those delivery channel workload environments, you can very quickly see where things are at. So it just does lend itself to agile and, and all these different scrum and lean and safe yeah. and you know how to track things. Because at the end of the day, this is agnostic to that. Yeah, it doesn't matter the type of methodology you use for delivery. We're starting, here's the foundation of how you deliver products, here's the mindset you need to follow, and then 
let's apply one of those that work right for this organization. That's a good segue into you know the next uh, area. And so if you're watching on the video, you're gonna see a very messy slide behind us. If you're listening in, uh, we have a managed service called Honeycomb. This is really where we do end-to-end -end analytics for organizations, right? Organizations that maybe aren't ready today to get value out of their data or they don't have the ability or want or desire to invest in the, the, the tech, the people, the people, all of these yeah. things that you need to do. So we've mapped Uncover Envision Design Build Manage to platforms, to engineering to insights. We use Alassian tools. If, if you go into our tool and you look at our workflows, they literally are called those things. It, you know, it's not like uh, things to do, things I'm doing and done. <laughs> We're explicit and that cover, the states are ours are uncovered visions I'm going to manage. And the dependencies that we just talked about really from design into build are on this flow diagram. We're not going to go through this on this podcast. Um, they may fall asleep if, if, if they haven't been excited about the delivery of data and analytic products to this point. Um, they would definitely fall asleep if we start going through every uh, bullet within this. But I put it out there so that people can look at it. And if you're listening and you want to see it, just reach out. Yep. Because more than anything, you know, we, we want to see maturity within the delivery of data and analytics products. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're talking about these things. And we, we respect that if that's not what you do every day, that the things that we're talking about may make sense, may not make sense. There may be some clarity that's still needed, right? That we're not gonna have uh, or be able to deliver in a podcast because we can't talk directly to the listeners. So again, you know, reach out with those questions you know, to us. Um, hey, this podcast is called Asky Anything, right? Fire those questions in. Not that we'll only use a podcast in order to answer them because we want to be a trusted advisor in this in this space. So so we're looking for feedback and stuff from organizations. I mean, here, here our perspective is this. If we can help all organizations increase their data maturity, their data analytics strategy, the more uh, sophisticated data problems, data solutions are now possible, mm -hmm. right? You can't get there without having a good baseline. And we're trying to get as many organizations on this baseline as possible so that you can clean up shop, you can improve your data maturity posture so that you can move on to these more advanced techniques, advanced analytics, AI, ML, deep learning. I mean, you yeah. know, we all have aspirations of using them. Yeah. And trust me, we all have aspirations of wanting to build them. Yeah. But we need to make sure everyone's at a point where you can do that. And you can do it in a responsible way, in a way that's scalable. And these techniques, these things lead to that. Yeah, so if there's any organization that is listening to this, and I go back to how we do our consultancy services by following this, that process of why, of how, of what, we can help implement these types of things for your organizations. We've, we've done it dozens of times. Mm -hmm. We're not explicit to, you gotta call it Uncover, or you have to call it the, the dream, or you have to, you know, we're just uh, explicit to, let's do it in this order, because you're gonna get the best product at the end. 
All right. So setting the uh, setting up for podcast number four. It'll be podcast number four next time. Number four. I can't right, count this high. And right now we're tossing out around the different topics, right? Whether we stay right. on this or do we move on something else, just to throw a little curveball to our audience. Yeah. So we're probably not going to announce what that's going to be immediately in this podcast until we decide. Sean and I are kind of flipping coins here, and I just refuse to lose, so we're still flipping. Right, so <laughs> you got a two two headed coin. Is that, is that what you need? Well, you keep winning, so I'm gonna keep trying. <laughs> you got a two headed coin. That's what you do, and then you win every time. Um, uh, when we do swing back though to data and analytics strategy, uh, we talked about process. We're gonna talk about people. Yep. We're gonna talk yep. about people operated in those, and there's many ways and angles to view uh, that particular subject. Um, so when you tune back in the next time, maybe we're talking about people. Maybe we're talking about something else. But I appreciate you guys listening in. Again, reach out if you need anything. Hey, Warren, thanks for hanging out. Uh, It's been fun. Thank you for listening in to this week's edition of Ask Anything, presented by Mosher Consulting. We hope you enjoyed Sean and Warren's conversation on data analytics. We'd love if you would join us next week when we continue to dive deeper with our resident experts and what they're currently working on. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, so long, everybody. 